Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. And help me welcome our internet family if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, thank you for coming out. Look at this. It's summertime and people are in church. And such as it should be. Amen. Well, we're going to wrap up our series on encouragement this morning. Everybody say encouragement. Encouragement. And the goal of this series really are two. It's not just the goal. I believe it's the assignment. The purpose of this series is, first of all, for you to be an encourager. Here it comes right now. For you to be an encourager. But you cannot give what you do not have. So the other part of this, and probably the first part is this, for you to be able to encourage yourself. It's a major life skill that you must be able to keep yourself encouraged. I want to make sure everybody heard that. You must be able to keep yourself encouraged. Otherwise, here's what you'll do. You'll lean on other crisis mechanisms or, or just wander around, whatever, without the strength and help that you need. And uh, it's very, very vital that you know how to keep yourself encouraged. And then also, we have a duty as, as followers of Jesus that we also are able to encourage other people as well. Could we get an amen as we get ramping up here. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 1, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3 in the Amplified Bible. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of sympathy, pity and mercy, notice this next part, and the God who is the source, the God who is the source of every comfort, consolation, and encouragement. And that's my subtitle for today, God the Source. I want you to see that God is the source of encouragement. Look with me in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 16 and 17 in the New International. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself, notice that, every word counts. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God the Father, and remember he's the source of all encouragement, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal, come on, encouragement and good hope, verse 17, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and work. So we've got God who's the source of all encouragement. We've got Jesus himself involved in our encouragement. And then we have the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity of the Godhead and the Holy Spirit. Do you remember when Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit? He said he's coming. And what did he call him? He called him the what? Comforter. Other other translations say the helper. The New Testament Greek word there, paraklesis, is the same word used for encourage, for comfort, for strength, for consolation. That's what the Holy Spirit came to do. The Holy Spirit is the present, get this, the present and active encourager, the Holy Spirit. So get this, between God, who is the source, Jesus, who himself is involved, and the Holy Spirit, who is present and active to make sure that we're encouraged and able to be encouraged, um, encouragement is a priority to God. Encouragement is a priority to God. Therefore, it it is a priority for us as a ministry for Meadowbrook Church, and it needs to be a priority in your life needs to be a priority in your life that you, too, want to be an encourager. Why? Because discouragement is priority for the devil. 
He wants to slow you down and stop you. It reminds me of the cowboy movies, you know, where they're, they're going to rob the stagecoach or they're going to rob the train. You got to blow up the tracks. You got, you got to do something to slow them down so that you can stop them so that you can get them. And I'm telling you, well, that's priority for the enemy. And we're going to have none of it. Well, about 10 of us anyway. We're going to have none of it. So God, it is a priority for him. It's a priority for us as a ministry. It should be a priority for all of us as followers of Jesus. Let's go back and look a little further in this passage in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, and it says, Praise be to the God, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Remember in the Amplified, He's the source of all encouragement, who comforts, consoles, encourages us in all our troubles. How many of your troubles? All your troubles. So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Verse 5. Just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also, look at this, our comfort abounds through Christ. So whatever suffering we have, we also have comfort, consolation, encouragement that also is in abundance. Now I want to read to you something I found last week or so on discouragement. It says, when life is tiring, when you are struggling with your sin, when family members aren't saved, when bills aren't paid, when school is difficult, when work is exhausting, when your health is failing, when your loved ones are hurt, when the future is unsure, and when a good friend leaves, it's easy to be discouraged. Discouragement is a thief. It steals your vitality, your zeal, your joy, your peace, and your, your contentment. If discouragement dwells long with you, its friends will soon join. Their names are fatigue, hopelessness, despair, self-pity, depression, doubt, and bitterness. Sometimes discouragement can be so strong that you even don't want to go on living. Discouragement is dissatisfaction with the past, distaste for the present, distrust for the future. And so we must be encouraged. We must encourage others. We must keep ourselves encouraged. There was a gentleman, he was a leader in the uh, Church of England in the 1600s. His name is Jeremy Taylor. And to me, this is probably one of the most powerful uh, quotes that you'll ever run across. I want to share it with you this morning. It is impossible for that man to despair who remembers that his helper is omnipotent. I want to read it over you again. It is impossible for that man to despair who remembers that his helper, capital H, that his helper is omnipotent. Will you read it with me? Let's, let's read it slow here. It is impossible for that man to despair who remembers that his helper is omnipotent. Now, so that I don't assume too much that word omnipotent means all-powerful, means nothing would be too hard, nothing would be difficult, nothing would be impossible. We even sang about that this morning. And that's who our helper is. And that makes it impossible for us to despair when we remember that our helper is omnipotent. Now notice this, it's when we remember, it's if you remember this. And much of encouragement has to do with reminding When you encourage somebody, typically you're going to remind them of something. When you encourage yourself, you have to remind 
yourself. Uh, one of the, part of the definition of, of to remind, to remember, is to recollect. Slow that word down. It is to recollect, is to gather again and to bring together. So what you do is you remind yourself of a number of things. And reminding takes place in your soul. And we talked about this in the last few weeks. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And so it's very important in that soul part of you. Because when hope is present in the soul, the soul is healthy. When hope is absent, the soul is not healthy. Hope, encouragement is like oxygen, pure oxygen for the soul. And it helps to make you vibrant, wide awake, and healthy in your soul. Um, Look at this in Psalm 42, verse 6. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will... Come on, y'all here? But I will what? I will remember you. Now I'm deeply discouraged, but what's what's going to be the antidote for that? It's going to, I'm going to remember you. Look in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21. This I recall, I remind, I recollect, recollect to my mind, therefore I have hope. Much of encouragement is reminded. In 2 Peter, Peter wrote this. He said, I want to stir you up by reminding you. And so again, this is just so, so important that we understand that part of encouragement, if you're going to encourage yourself, if you're going to encourage others, most of it has to do with reminding you of something. So what I want to do this morning is give you six reminders. And remember, every message we do, every message we do is for you, but it's not just for you, it's for you to help others, okay? So if you got it all together, I'd really like to meet you. Actually, I probably wouldn't. You probably are obnoxious, but, but, but seriously, it's for you and it's for you to help others. That's the way, that's the way it works in this one another uh, kingdom of God that we're privileged to be a part of. So six reminders. We'll go over these real quickly. First of all would be this, story, story. Everybody say story. story. Um, neuroscience, studies in neuroscience show that story is, is the most powerful way to activate the brain. Story. We remember story. We process story better than anything else. Uh, I can tell you things all day long, but then when it's in a story, you know, you're able to retain that. Jesus, two-thirds of the time that he taught, he spoke in parables. He spoke in story so that we're able to capture that truth. We're wired that way by God. Story helps to remind us. First part of story would be this, God's story. God's story. His overarching uh, narrative. The missio dei, the mission of God. That he, he is the creator and he is the redeemer. He's got it nailed down from beginning to end. He's first and last. He has no beginning. He has no end. And this God... This creator God loves us and he sent his son to seek and to save. Anytime you explore, anytime you go back through the story about this is why you need to be in the Bible every day, every day and remind yourself and let story come to you again, God's story through song and so forth. And, and let story remind you of the greatness of God. Second part of story would be your story. Say my story. 
Everybody has a story. And look at me for this too. This is super important as believers. Listen, everybody has a story and you haven't lived their story. And that's why we all come short of being somebody else's judge. Well, I don't know how they do that, why they did that. You haven't lived their story. Well, I sure would have done better. You, you just need to stick with your story. Okay? Stick with your story. And in your story, remember what, where God has brought you from. Remember what God has done for you. Remember what he has brought you through. Anybody here God's done anything for you? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You need to remind yourself. David reminded himself. He finds himself standing in front of this giant who's defiling the name of his God and mocking the army of, of Israel. And they're hiding in foxholes and behind rocks. And shepherd boy comes out there and reminds himself of the story of God in his story. And he said, oh, hold on, hold on. You're talking a big game there, but God delivered me from the paw of the bear and the paw of the lion, and he will deliver me from you. See, he reminded himself of what God had done in his life, your story. And then thirdly would be the stories of others, the stories of others. You need to be around other people and sometimes tell them, tell me, tell me the story. The the children of Israel for generations, they told the story again and again how God delivered them, how they went through the Red Sea, how he parted the River Jordan, how he did this, how they defeated the city of Jericho with a shout. You know, all of the things that God did for generations afterwards. They told that story so vividly that generations far removed thought we did that. We went through that. And you need to share your story. Do your kids know, do your grandkids know what God has done in your life? Or you just sit in your chair and act grumpy. You need to share the goodness of God. What did God do in your life? And you need to hear the stories of other people. It's vital. Story. Everybody say story. Second would be this. Stock up. Stock up. Say stock up. And I'm talking about scripture. Look with me, if you will, in Romans 15, verse 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they, the scriptures provide, we might have, we might have hope. Look in Psalm 19, verse seven, the law of the Lord, God's word, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. This old Testament Hebrew word has to do with to refresh, to renew, to revive the soul. And I don't think your soul could be refreshed and revived and renewed without courage and hope and, and, and encouragement coming into you. And then look at Psalm 119, verse, verse 50. My comfort, here it is, my comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. So you might be in some suffering, but you've got to remind yourself, stock up on God's word. Your promise preserves my life. Can I get an amen? amen. I'm just going to tell you my birthday. I'm preaching way better than your amen in this morning. I just, just want to tell you All right. Now, (laughs) hey, if need be, you need to plaster your house with Scripture. We've had some times and challenges in our life before where we, no person's word held any water that could quench what we needed. We needed God's word. 
And we would write out God's word on construction paper, notebook paper, napkins, and everything else, and stick it up everywhere. Open up a kitchen and cabinet. It's there. Open up the fridge. It's there. It's on the fridge. It's in the fridge. It's all over the place because we had to have God's word to help us. Put it in the visor in your car. Put it, hang it from the rear view mirror. Don't block your view. <laughs> but you've got to, if need be, do it. Don't be ashamed of that. God's word will save your hide. And it will help you through those, those situations. Listen, for every problem, there is a promise. So stock up on God's word. Next would be this. Not just stock up, but speak up. Everybody say, speak up. Yeah. Understand this. The speech centers of your brain dominate your brain. If you ever have a thought that you want to get rid of, a thought that you don't want to be having, there's a way to get rid of it. If you ever get a song, have you ever got a song stuck in your mind? A couple days ago, we were driving along, we changed the radio stations, we were driving that ooga chaka, ooga chaka, ooga chaka. <laughs> Oh, God, Chaka. I do not know why. But I woke up this morning. Ten minutes after four. Oh, God, Chaka. Oh, God, Chaka. Uh, hold on. How do you get rid of that? Speech centers dominate your brain. When you engage your speech centers, your, the thought portion of your brain has to stop to hear what your mouth is saying. So that's why you need to be careful what your mouth is saying. Choose God's word. Choose to be on the high side of things. And when you speak out God's word, if you, and, and listen, if you're going through something and if you're sad, if you're discouraged, you better not do it in silence. Just leave me alone. I just want to be quiet. There are times you want to be quiet, but you don't stay in that darkness. You don't stay in that silence. You need to break the silence. You need to find your voice and fill your voice with God's word. And you need to speak out and speak up if you're ever going to encourage yourself or anybody else. Amen. Amen. Next is this. Stay close. Stay close. Say it. Stay close. If you need encouragement... Or to stay encouraged, you need to get near and stay near encouragers. You need to get near and stay near encouragers. If you're, if you're two friends, I'm, some of you got three, <laughs> are negative and they're what I call tail draggers. And when you're around them, you're just like them. You need to tell them, I, I need a little break. Don't hurt their feelings, but they're not doing you any, any good at all. You can love them, but you know what? Right now, I don't need to be dragging my tail. It's the amen wave. It just, it just did. You, you don't need that. You need to get around some encouragers. Well, where am I going to find them? Listen. And part of it too, listen, I'm not just promoting a program here. You need to get in a small group. Because in a group, well, I've never been in a group. That's a horrible excuse for not being in a group. Get in a group, get near some people, get out of rows, get in circles, get up close where you can know and be known, love and be loved, serve and be served, encourage and be encouraged. 
and you need to be around some encouragers. Amen. Romans chapter 12, and before I get there too, you need to get in God's house, and you are, and be around God's people, and get in God's word. Now, I'll I caution you, and I'll bring balance to this. You, you better have some friends, though, that are tail draggers. You better have some friends that are hopeless. You better have some friends that are lost, that don't know Jesus. If you just isolate yourself, I'm only hanging around. No, don't do that. Get out of the holy huddle, but you do need the holy huddle. You need to get in there to get encouraged and stay close to them. But, you know, this is so we can encourage others as well. Can I get an amen on that? Now, Romans chapter 12, it talks about the grace gifts, the grace gifts, that God has graced us and gifted us with with a number of things. And it even includes, in verse 8, the gift of encouragement, the gift of encouragement. So many of you are gifted in grace to be encouragers, but all of us are called to improve and increase concerning uh, being an encourager. So we've got to stay close. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, Woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. And look with me in Isaiah 35, verse 10. And the ransomed of the Lord, who is that? It's you. It's you. It's believers. You've been redeemed. You've been bought back by the Lord. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion. Now this is in, in the uh, prophet Isaiah Fast forward to Hebrews chapter 12, and you're going to find reference of Zion, and it represents the church. It's the fortification of God, the church. So believers should go to church with singing. That's why we do that. With everlasting joy on their heads, watch carefully, they shall obtain joy and gladness. Read this next part with me. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. How does that happen? Listen, that doesn't happen any other destination on this planet. We've got to get yourself in church. I say it this way and forgive me, but get your rear in here. This needs to be a part of what you do. This is, the Bible commands us to, to do this and to get into church. Well, I, I didn't go to church because I was feeling kind of down. That's like saying, uh, I missed my doctor's appointment because I wasn't feeling so good. Or I didn't take my car to the, to the shop because it was running a little rough. It just doesn't make sense. You need to get in here and let what God has for us, what he has designed for this gathering, for this assembling of ourselves together. Church attendance, church attendance is not an optional thing. And our culture is making it more and more of an optional thing. It's a vital thing. In Hebrews chapter 10, we're actually commanded to do it more and more. It's to become the pattern and the habit of your life. And in that context, in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, it even, it, it even puts church attendance, church engagement in the same context as encouragement. It is vital that we get ourselves into church and so much more as you see the day approaching. That's why we say church days affect the rest of your days. You know, if you missed work for all the reasons you missed church, you'd be broke, okay? Next is this, keep perspective, keep perspective. Say that with me, keep perspective. Look with me in John chapter 16, verse 33. John 16, 33, Jesus is speaking. He says this, these things I have spoken to you, 
that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. This word, help me. Could I have it a little bigger? But, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now let me give you a life-saving principle right here. Stay on the right side of the butt. I don't know why you're laughing. Yeah, I do. Stay on the right side of the butt. Look at this. In the world, you have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Now, if you land on the wrong side of that, you go, I know Jesus overcame the world and said, be of good cheer. But I have tribulation. You know what you're doing? You're, you're ending up on the wrong side of the fence. That junkyard dog is going to get you. You've got to land on the right side of the butt. No one ever asks you to deny your problems. Faith is not about denying, I don't have any problems. No problems, no pain, no nothing. Uh, God is good. Well, you're lying. Because you probably have problems. You have issues. You have things like that. But here's what we do. We stay on the right side of the butt. You landed on the fact that God is greater and God is able and God is with me and God has promised you. You have to keep the right perspective and keep on the right side of the butt. Amen. Here's some things you can say. This won't last. This too shall pass. Never allow a problem to become the biggest thing in your life, in your mind. Your problem is not your problem. Your focus is your problem. Because every one of us is more blessed than we are hurt or hindered. Every one of us are more blessed than we are bothered. Every one of us have more sunny days than rainy days. And if the enemy could take you out, he would have already taken you out. Let me remind you from 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in you than he who is after you. So here's what we say. I'm either up or I'm getting up. Come on, practice it. I'm either up or I'm getting up. You don't stay down. You keep perspective. Then lastly today, count your blessings. Say it. Count your blessings. Count your many blessings. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. You need to look around in your life and count your blessings. And when you do that, when you literally, intentionally look around your life and count your blessings, do you have any? When you do that, it reminds you and makes you aware again, again of God's active presence in your life. That you see that he is your source and it causes gratitude to rise. That's my focus today. That's the center of your encouragement is knowing who your source is. And when you count your blessings, all your, all your blessings. You woke up this morning. Anybody going to eat today? Anybody have clean water? I mean, do you have clothes? I notice you do. You know, all, all of the blessings of our, of our life. We gathered here freely today. I mean, on and on and on. I'm having a good hair day. I mean, whatever it would be, thank God for your blessings. Thank him. Keep source-minded by counting your blessings and let gratitude rise in your heart because an unthankful heart is fertile soil for all kinds of trouble. In Luke chapter 17, there were 10 lepers. Let me explain that real quick. A horrible disease which would eat away at their bodies. Levitical uh, protocol demanded that they stay away from people. 
They had to go outside the city. They had to leave their jobs, had to leave their families. They, had to, they lived in little colonies and little groupings away and just lived a miserable life. Jesus is headed toward Jerusalem and there are 10 lepers all together and they call out to Jesus from the prescribed distance and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus said something inter- interesting. He said, go show yourself to the priest. See, if you thought at all that your, your leprosy was in remission, you were Again, by Levitical protocol, you were to go show yourself to the priest. They would examine you and tell you if, if in fact, you were what they called cleansed or clean from your leprosy. He said, go show yourself to the priest. The Bible says that as they were going, they were cleansed. One of them, one of the ten, noticed it. And two things, two things. First of all, he noticed that he was cleansed. And second of all, he realized who did it. And he turned around and he went back to Jesus and he gave unrestrained thanks to Jesus. And Jesus Jesus was surprised that only one came back to give thanks. And it wasn't a matter that Jesus was so concerned about being thanked. Let me say this real quick. You do understand Jesus is not insecure. So it wasn't a matter, I do all this and you didn't even thank me. That That wasn't it at all. More important than them giving thanks to him, him being thanked, was he did not want them to miss what had just happened. Because if you miss this transaction, the one guy got it. He realized not only what had happened, but he realized who had done it for him. And he returned and gave thanks. And Jesus said, your faith has made you well. See, gratitude, thanksgiving completes your faith. And he says, your faith has made you well. He said, go your way, which meant this. Go back into your life. Go back to your family. Go back to your job. Go back to everything that you had before because your faith has made you whole. Get this. When you understand this transaction that God does something for you and you recognize that he was the source, if you get that transaction, you know how to live in wholeness. You'll know how to stay happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. But if you miss that, If you don't count your blessings, if you don't realize your source, if you miss that, you are never going to live in consistent wholeness in your life. Vital bottom line of life and vital bottom line of being able to stay encouraged is to realize that God is my source. God is the source of all encouragement. God is the source of every good thing in my life. And so a regular pattern and practice of your life needs to be, I am counting my blessings and counting my blessings and counting my blessings because it reminds me that God is present and active in my life and he is my source. Amen? And let's go back to this. It is impossible for that man to despair who remembers that his helper is omnipotent. So let me remind you, story, God's story, your story, others' story. Stock up, speak up, stay close, keep perspective, count your blessings, and stay encouraged. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.